are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Timbrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and that'll get you 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15. Well, Ulysses, your Tampa Bay Rays lose two of three to the Toronto Blue Jays over the weekend, falling to 11-11 on the season. They now have 14 games in a row beginning with the incredibly hot Oakland Athletics. Uh, Being it is a Monday, it is time for our takeaways, observations, what we've learned from the weekend. So Ulysses, what did you learn besides the the Rays losing two of three to Toronto? Well, I think uh, there weren't that many takeaways that are positive. So um, I think I'm going to be taking the most positive one out of the the weekend. So I do beg your forgiveness here. But uh, yeah, my takeaway has to be the obvious one. Luis Patino. He lived up to that great nickname that he has. Mm -hmm. Electrico was electric. Uh, He had that four seam at the top of the strike zone, hitting 94, 95, then paired it up with that very tight, nice-looking slider, uh, which he collected three strikeouts that day, and all three came on that slider. So it's, it's a really nice put-away pitch for him. He faced nine guys, walked to the first one in a, in a tough at-bat there with Biggio, and the slider was not hitting the strike zone. This is when I was already putting a pulling alarms inside my brain, yeah. Kevin. I was like, oh, my gosh. Look, why? the guy has barely uh, pitched above – double a he he had two games in double a he mm-hmm. had 17 innings in the major leagues he's 21 years old why are the rays treating patino unlike every other prospect that they've ever had you know they 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 do not rush prospects why are they doing this with patino then he proceeded to sit down the next eight guys <laughs> so you know he does have the stuff i still think that he's a little bit rushed I think he's got great stuff, and I don't doubt that he will be a great pitcher for the race for many years to come. But it, that is a that is a worry for me. You know, how rushed is he? If he succeeds and 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 is able to put guys down like he did in, in his debut, okay, perfect. But uh, that is a concern for me on on how rushed he is, which speaks to the fact of if the Rays are breaking away with their structure on how they deal with prospects. It's either one or two things. One, they really believe in him. Or number right. two, they need pitching. They need pitching and they're willing to cross that line. And I think it's a little bit of both there too. I think with all the injuries that have hit already and guys leaving for personal reasons and things just not working out, uh, looking at you, Rich Hill, and and some of the others out there, like I think that they absolutely have confidence in Luis Patino and maybe absolutely it's a little bit early. And I, I got to say, I was likewise impressed with what he showed yesterday, especially with 
it was that situation where he gives the leadoff walk there and it's like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. the, the wheels are going to come off. He's going to pull a ridge hill and give up a two-run homer or something. But no, he settled in and really, I like all three pitches of his. I, everybody's going to talk about the fastball and the ability to touch 96, 97 top of the zone, but the slider really getting guys out in front and some ugly swings by guys yes. like Bo Bichette. I mean, that is impressive stuff. And I think the changeup, which is his, you know, third most used pitch. I think he, you know, used it just a handful of times. I think that really can be a weapon as well. And let's remember this kid is a young 21, 21 years old in six months. I mean, he would basically be a college sophomore, college junior, and he's already pitching in the big league. So I'll, I'm very curious to see how they're going to use him and deploy him going forward. And I wonder if, you know, after what he's done and maybe some of the struggles we've seen from Brent Honeywell, maybe they try to reinforce him a little bit more and and kind of slow play Honeywell because not just, you know, he's had some, some iffy appearances here as of late, but also they want to be careful with these surgeries and so forth where Patino, I know he's been working four plus innings at the alternate site. Maybe that's a guy that they can really unleash out there. I like the combination of putting, I would have liked to see Patino go a little bit longer, but I like the dynamic, the the dynamic of him, what he brings to the table. And then Josh Fleming and and kind of their contrasting styles. And it's funny because I look at Patino's scouting report and some people say, Oh, he's only going to project as, you know, a high leverage reliever down the line. I look, I know he's had issues with his walk rate, but again, he was playing, he was playing pro baseball at 18, 19 years old. Like guys are not going to have, you know, great command and control at that age. So I think this guy absolutely can be a legitimate starter. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's winds his way up into the rotation by the end of the year, by mid year, especially if injuries and uh, non-productiveness continues to rear its ugly head for the race. Uh, 100%. And I like that you set the, the bad looking swings because there were plenty of half looking yeah. swings from the, from the Blue Jays. They just looked confused. Like they didn't really recognize the pitch until it was too late. And, and, and that just tells you that the tunneling action is really working for, for Patino. Um, so that, that's great to see, you know, I, I do think he's got the, the ability to be a starter. Of course, of course he does. And, and the scouting reports that say that he can be a high leverage reliever. Sure. He can be, but he can also be a starter. You know, yes. <laughs> you, you, you can, you can have it both ways. Uh, the walk issue. Yes, it is concerning, but not when you say that he's 21 years old, not when you say that he's only had two games in, 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 uh, in, in double a, uh, right. When you say that uh, he pitched 17 innings last year, only in the major leagues and two and two thirds uh, this year, you, uh, you got to give it time. For God's sakes, a Cy Young award winner, like Blake Snell has, has issues with walks and yeah. has issues with getting through six innings. And he hasn't done so since July of 2019. So uh, I think putting down a 21-year-old uh, because of 19 innings of work or 20 innings of work at the major league level, having only two starts in double A, I think yeah. that's a little bit uh, nitpicking too much. And, and let's consider this. He's basically, everybody's talking about Jack Leiter and how he's the next great thing. And maybe he is. He's pitching at Vanderbilt. He's the same age as Luis Patino give or take a couple months. And where's Patino pitching? He's pitching in the big leagues right (laughs) now. So just, again, you stick Jack Leiter up in the big leagues. I don't know if he does what Luis Patino just did yesterday. And I think for the most part, again, he hit, you know, where Francisco Mejia put out his glove, he pretty much hit his spots there. And and being able to get that slider to tail 
down and away from the righties was very, very impressive. And if he has three, three pitches, three quality pitches that he can command like that, I think, you know, more power to the guy and what he's able to do. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, again, it's still very, very early in the matriculation of the trade, uh, the Blake Snell yeah. trade, but I, I like what I'm seeing so far. I like what I see from Patino and I absolutely like love what I'm seeing from Francisco Mejia thus far. And not to mention there's two other throw-ins in the deal. Maybe Cole Wilcox turns into something. Maybe Blake Hunt turns into something. Um, I think we mentioned it on Locker Room the other day when uh, we had some some solid attendance uh, out there. Jesus, uh, who else was there? Uh, Joseph, Chase, and Chase. Joseph, we had yeah. A, yeah, a couple guys um, that you know. Blake Snell, look, he's he's done fine. He's done solid for the Padres, but he hasn't gone more than five innings or five and a thirty. He hasn't reached the the six inning plateaus, so that continues to be an issue and continues to bug him. So. I'm liking the return and, and I'm a little bit surprised that we're, we're starting to see the returns immediately. I thought it would take a little bit longer yes, before we could same. sort of give, uh, let's give Mejia some time. Definitely. Let's give Patino some time. And then absolutely. I mean, three, four years, we might not know what we have in Blake Hunt and Cowell Cox respectively. Kevin, if only Francisco Mejia turns out to be a, 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 a good uh, or average defender and yeah. a good to above average uh, backstop hitting guy in the lineup uh, who's a switch hitter who hustles. Uh, I think that you would take that as a race fan just because of the, the horrid past behind the dish. And then you add Patino and his electric stuff. And then you've got other two guys who could have major league impact. Yeah. It's looking good so far, but like we said in locker room, uh, let's not have the Blake Snell trade talk, um, you know, evaluation on April 26th of 2020, uh, let's, let's have it on tw- in 2023. Let's, let's have that in the off season of 2023 and see, okay, how, how is Cole Wilcox? What happened to Mejia? Is Patino the number one for the race? Where's Blake Snell? Does he have a ring? Because it, it ultimately could be, you know what? The Padres get their ring. Snell goes out and is a postseason ace for them. And it works out for both, for both teams. That, that could happen too. Look, we should, on the side, be rooting for the Padres, considering it's like half-raised players. When you look at Tommy Pham, Will Myers, Jake <laughs> Cronenworth, Blake Snell, obviously, the list goes on and on. Here we go. Who pitches more innings for the Rays this year, Luis Patino or Chris Archer? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. How is Patino going to be used? I think that 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 is 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 how you need to answer that question because I really like the tandem uh, Fleming Patino. I yeah. I just love the fact of giving the opposite manager in that opposite clubhouse the tough task of saying, okay, which how do I fix my lineup? Am I going to go, you know, uh, uh, after the opener, or am I going to go after the bulk guy? And, and, and then your, your, your hands are tied because what, it, you know, you could do three innings and then four innings, four innings, and then three innings. I mean, I think it's fantastic. I really like the piggyback uh, tandem start when you yeah. have two contrasting styles. So I'm all for Patino and Fleming. And yes, this was a completely misdirect and I'm not answering your question. Okay. I got you. You want to think about it a little bit, maybe wait until Archer returns. I get that. Hey, go. I look, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing just Josh Fleming being a starter all on his own and maybe you let rich hill be the opener guy and see if he can get through one time through the order and then deploy 
Patino for whatever it may be, but it, it, like at, it, it at least allows the Rays to have creativity and knowing that again, it's just one appearance. We were going uh, Gaga after Brent Honeywell made that, that one uh, start or whatever. But again, I, I think, you know, some unfortunate circumstances that kind of, uh, inflate his numbers a little bit there too. So, uh, okay. Uh, 10, 10 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Ring sure to bring joy into her life using diamonds that are responsibly sourced. 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement, mother's day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10, T-E-N-B-Y-T-E-N. And this collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. So if you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long. So find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at bluenile.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and remember to use that promo code locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Okay, Ulysses, my big takeaway from the weekend, and uh, I think it goes without saying that uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, I think, are really going to surprise some people and maybe be a tougher out than some of us think. In fact, I might, I might already be regretting that prop bet that I put down on the table that the Yankees would win the division, that they'd win the AL East, and I might... Again, hey, I know Rays fans are going to like this, but I might have to slip the Blue Jays up there. They're homeless right now. They're grifters. They're nomads. And yet, and they're they're not even at full strength or playing at their full potential. And they just go in to Tropicana Field, win a couple of different ways, and get the job done. Like, I don't even, I'm sorry. I, I just don't want to even imagine a scenario where, Biggio is playing up to his potential, where Simeon is playing up to his potential, where Telez is playing up to his potential, where the catchers are playing up to their potential, where Teoscar Hernandez is in the lineup, where right. George Springer George is Springer. at the top of the lineup, where uh, <laughs> Nate Pearson makes his return. Um, and I know they've got some, some issues with injuries on, on the pitching staff as well, but it seems like the staff that they've already got in place is pretty darn good. I think Robbie Ray is absolutely for real. That could be, I mean, he might be comeback player of the year, definitely a bounce back candidate for sure. What was he, what he was able to offer with the, the slider and the 96, 97 fastball at the top of the zone. So let me just put it like this. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that the blue Jays are going to be a tough out for the entirety of the year. And then maybe once they eventually finally find their permanent home back in Toronto, then they might really get on a roll. In my opinion, anyway, 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. This is a scary lineup and it can get scarier. First of all, yeah. the pitching, we really didn't, didn't think that the pitching would 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 uh, be there with the, with the injuries that they sustained. But guess what? <laughs> There's yeah. Steven Matz, for God's sakes, uh, outdueled a glass now. Yeah. Uh, l- l- let's let's let that sink in. This is a good team and they're playing right now. Uh, good baseball. I think it. it, it you know, it must be tough not being in your home ballpark for now two seasons. Let's yes. also remember that there are guys who have never made their debut still at, at Rogers Center. Right. It's 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 crazy to think Ryu, I think, has never made his debut. And that in is crazy. Rogers yeah. Center. OK, so, I mean, these guys have basically been living in from from suitcases. It, it, it's it's yes. it's really remarkable what they're doing now. Yeah. Also, can we say that the Rays had a red hot lineup coming back from Kansas City? I think that's a that's a fair argument. The bats right. were heating up. They shut them down. Shut them down all the way. Robbie Ray, Steven Matz, and then yesterday, a sh- complete sh- uh, shutout. 1-0. And the 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 bats and just that was were with not Ryu there. getting hurt and leaving the game in the fourth. In yes. the fourth, Kevin. And so it was a bullpen effort, really. And and they just. Uh, the races did not have an answer and it's, it's getting troubling the numbers that you get to see from two specific players, Willie Adamas and, and Brendan Lau. Um, the, the leash is definitely going to be long because, you know, they are uh, longstanding players and, and you know what, what their ceiling is and, and, and their floor is, but this, this time around the floor is dipping and yeah. and that is concerning because I know only 20 games. I get it. I get right. it. But it's been a bad 20 games for, for those two guys. Yeah, it might be a situation where, okay, uh, we're going to give you a little of a phantom injury here. Hey, Willie, how's your ankle feeling? Oh, it doesn't look too good from my end. Hey, Brandon, <laughs> how's your shoulder doing? Oh, it feels fine, coach. No, you know, I, I don't know if it really does. Maybe, you know, some, some reps at the alternate site. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe they need to go to the, uh, the IL to get their bats in check. And that might be a legitimate yeah. thing that yeah. we see. I think, uh, you know, we have a conspiracy theory that they're doing it with Chris Mazza and, uh, and Colin McHugh to get their arms right. It, it happens more frequently than you think of sending a guy down and saying he has, some stupid injury, which he really doesn't just to get their mind, their head and their swing, right. And to get on time and to work with the balance and everything like that. So that might be something down the line because, uh, it's hard to, especially when it's a guy like Brandon Lau, who you would expect to come in and rake like he does. We kind of know about the the struggles of Willie Adams, especially at the trap, but, uh, this is, this is becoming, I think you absolutely have to be concerned about Brandon Lau right now, for sure. And yeah. you know why? Because it stretches from 2020 in October where he was just completely awful. Willie also was completely awful in October. And what did Cash do? He kept playing both of them. He kept playing both of them and it didn't work. Was it, what is he doing now? I think he is resting a little bit more Willie yeah. and, 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 and Brendan Lau, which is nice to see. But I think they need to see a little bit more time on the bench because yeah. guess what? Every time Wendell is in the lineup, good things happen. Guess who else uh, makes things happen? Mike Brasso. I need mm-hmm. to see more Mike Brasso in the lineup. Yeah. So if you can put that guy at second for Brandon Lau, I, I w- right now, 
I would rather see Mike Brasso face a righty than Brendan Lau face a righty. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, I, it's out there. I, I just, I don't trust Brendan Lau right now at the plate. I don't, I don't trust Willie Adamas at the plate. They're missing fastballs down the middle. 94. Right. I'm not talking 99. I'm not talking 102. 94, 92, just even, not even whiffing sometimes, but just straight up fooled looking at it. Bat yeah. on shoulder. Something's what, happening. What I've said is just, you know, swing first pitch in the count. Swing first pitch in the count and see what you can do with that just to try to get back on track. At the very least, for the most part, they at least they haven't let their defense, at least from what I've seen, their defense slide in spite of their struggles at the plate. So that's a good sign. But yeah, going back to the Blue Jays real quickly, like I also like how they've constructed their team in the sense of, you know, not we, we know about the big boppers. We know about the guys who have power and that can can hit the ball out of the ballpark. But having some utility, defensive versatility guys like Joe Panic, like Espinal, mm-hmm. having the ability to put Marcus Simeon at second or short, fill in for Bo Bichette, where we know he's got some struggles defensively, especially on ground balls. They kind of hit the heel of his glove and he's not able to make a play on them. Like, I like what they've done from that standpoint. And um, I mean, if there's one thing maybe that, you know, gives or should give uh, other teams in the division confidence is you wonder if a certain number of guys go down or aren't available or continue to go down. They don't have, they don't have, I know, I don't think they've got the prospect ready depth uh, to call up. They've got Nate Pearson. That that's about it. As far as the right. arms are concerned, there are other arms. They, they've got some very talented players in the farm system, but a lot of guys who are just drafted or haven't played above rookie level ball or a ball. So unless they're really, really aggressive with wanting to call up uh uh, CJ Van Eyck or somebody like that. They might have to really, and this might be the year we're like, Hey, we've, we've spent some money. Uh, we're, we're going to trade some of our younger prospects so we can acquire our, a now ready arm, which they very may well do. And I wouldn't blame them because this might be the year for them to take advantage where the blues or uh, the, the rays. We've talked about this being a transition year, the Yankees right. going going through whatever they're going through. Uh, <laughs> the Orioles, you know, they're, they're not going to be a factor. Are the Red Sox really the real? This might be the if there was a year for the Blue Jays to pounce, this might be the year. They're the only team that can actually put on money right now. Yeah, look at all those teams. The Orioles are not spending money. The Yankees are not going to be spending money. And the Red Sox, are you kidding me? If they were to spend money, they would go after the guy that they had, Mookie Betts, and this, right. and then they said, "No, you know what? It's more important to get under that luxury tax." So yeah, this is the year where the Toronto Blue Jays could be like, you know what? We're going to make our push. Certainly. I don't like their middle infield defense. I, I don't trust it. What I do trust is Lourdes Gurriel Jr. with his glove and his arm and his range. He's good. And I need Rodney Linares to stop sending guys home when the ball is hit to left field. It ain't working. You got three guys sent uh, in that series out. And it happened last year too. Rodney, stop yeah. running on, on, on Gurriel. He ha- he's he's one bright spot over there. Got good range, good love, good glove, and he's gonna get guys out. Especially, I mean, come, don't send Yandy Diaz. Yeah. Don't. You have to be so sure to be sending Yandy Diaz. There's something I, I happening wanna, there at third base. Come on. I, I want to see the metrics on how many outs that Rodney Linares has caused Rays runners to run into. Yep. Like that is absolutely a problem, and we've been talking about that for years now at the very least he does good work with the infielders on the drills pre-game and post-game and things like that but you're in the big leagues bud i mean this isn't high school jv baseball where you know you can be as 
erratic as you are. And I, and I, you know, in the sense I do like the aggressiveness sometimes, but I also think that you can't send a guy or you can't give mixed signals to a guy like Yandy Diaz, like we've seen before. And, and again, they've got metrics on all these guys. They know their, their speed. They know how quick they are crossing third and making the turn and running mm-hmm. home and the arm of said left fielder or center fielder or right fielder. So it's really, I mean, you, you should go over those situations and be able to go over those situations again and again and again. So, okay. Um, Ulysses credit to you. You did a, a little crossover interview with uh, locked on athletics host, Jason Burke. I, I bet he's a happy camper with uh, the <laughs> success that our fellow small market, uh, stadium insufficient uh, ball club on, on the West Coast is doing there. But uh, you guys talk some pitching matchups and so forth, which uh, that'll kind of be our, our third segment, our little little preview for the upcoming athletic series. But before we get to that, we've got to tell you about the greatest protein bar on the planet, and that is Built Bar. Again, uh, we have been telling you about Built Bar for a while now. It is the amazing Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. I said amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars and so many different flavors that you'll never get bored. Let's just say they've got enough flavors for all your fingers and toes. So you uh, definitely have a lot of options from that standpoint. So go to builtbar.com, check them out on Twitter at built underscore bar. And remember to use that promo code locked15, L O C K E D, the numeral is 1 5 to get 15% off your next order. That is locked 15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. So I, I want to start with Monday's pitching matchup because that's the only one that I actually know right now. Uh, the A's are going to probably introduce Mike Fires to the rotation. We don't know if he's going to start Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, if he's going to take over for Frankie Montas or Cole Irvin. Not sure. Uh, So there's going to be some stuff that we don't know that's going to be announced probably on Monday, but (laughs) this is already dropped by the time that that happens. So uh, we got Shamanaya going for the A's, going against Rich Hill. Rich Hill's been struggling this season, has he not? Yeah, it has not been a a good season so far for for Rich Hill. I mean, he in the last four outings, uh, he's gotten hit for at least four runs in each in in each outing. So no, no, short, yeah. Yeah, and even his last one, he couldn't even get out of the the third inning, uh, not even an out. So uh, it it has been a struggle for Rich Hill, it just just not being able to to kind of put away guys. And he isn't a nibbler. He's not that type of lefty like you see with Ryu or Martin Perez, who'd like to kind of paint with every pitch. He he kind of just here here you go, see it, hit it, try to try to do it. And the thing is. The challenge uh, has been accepted by every hitter and, uh, you know, they've, they've taken him deep and, and it's been a problem. He looked good against the Yankees, except for a four to five hitter period where he just could not get a strike to not be hit and, and he got himself into trouble. But um, yeah, it hasn't been a good season so far for Rich Hill. So I um, I'm not very confident when he's on the mound and I don't think a lot of Rays fans are. I'm hoping that Monday is the start of a new win streak. I don't know. I mean, the Rays are a really good team. So I know that the A's just lost to the Orioles in a big blowout. It it ended up being a blowout. But the Rays, there's no way I don't think that the A's were going to sweep the Rays. So it was going to stop in the next few days anyway. And uh, maybe if they had won Sunday, maybe they win 
uh, Monday, but Michael Waka has been pitching really good. I don't know uh, why or how, but I keep seeing stuff that's like, wow, they fixed him. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 prototypical uh, in, in race fashion, right? A guy who has uh, been looking for a comeback year goes to Tampa Bay, and, and then and then somehow the pitching coach uh, gods from Tropicana Field, uh, you know, make him feel be- better. But yeah, Michael Walker has been honestly the the one guy in in that rotation who has lived up to expectations being a free agent signing. Because as you know, the Rays got Chris Archer who got injured in his second outing, Rich Hill, who we just commented has been getting hit really hard. And the third guy has been Michael Walker. He actually has been what you've expected. A number three to four guy who will give you a 4.2 year array, 4.4. He will have a six inning uh, outing where he shuts down the Yankees. And then he'll have another one where he pitches for five innings and allows four runs. So he's that kind of guy. And I think for the money that was, um, given to him, which was, was around $3.5 million. You you'll take that in any day because mm-hmm. there are guys in the league that, you know, are getting paid $15 million, $18 million, and not even putting those types of, uh, of, of numbers. So right now, Michael Walker is what you expect, but if you could get a little bit more out of him, uh, I think race fans would be a little bit more happy. I mean, if you take Michael Walker and I'm going to just lump Mike fires in there too, you know, same sort of guy, low contract guy, uh, right. if, he, if he gives you like a four, four, five ERA, you're probably taking that because he's not yeah. your ace. You just want innings, especially this season when mm-hmm. we don't know how how much arms are going to hold up. We're still early on and it feels like everybody's going on the IL. So uh, you, you just want guys that can give you innings and that's all. But meanwhile, just because I have to bring it up because I made the comp before, um, Mike Fires and you know, Michael Waka for that case are similar to Jake Odorizzi in, in their careers. He had Odorizzi had one really good start, but he got a three-year deal from the Astros, which is insane. Uh, right. You know, comparatively. And I, this is before he got injured. He just had not been well or pitching well. And now he has a right forearm strain, I believe, was the last thing that I saw. And uh, that that stinks for I, I mean, I'm not wishing ill will on him, just the Astros. <laughs> and just trying to make <laughs> Me them too, look bud. silly. <laughs> No, I I agree. Anytime you have that forearm strain, you start thinking bad things. Mm -hmm. You start thinking bad things. So, you know, hopefully, you know, Jake X-Ray, hopefully he's okay. But yeah, that's the kind of thing that every club is trying to manage. It's okay. How do we get through a 162 game season with guys that have pitched 60 innings? 80 innings at the most uh, from last year. Like, how do you, how do you look at Tyler Glass now? Say, Hey bud, I know you pitched 80 innings last year, including the postseason, And I know that the most you've ever pitched is 110 innings, but I need you to pull a 190 in 2021. You can't do that. So what do you do? Well, you've got a whole bunch of young rookies in, in, in the stable in the triple a stable. And you've got some veterans like Rich Hill and Walker and Archer that can somehow you can manage those innings. So at the end you could have, have possibly Hill, Archer, Waka, McClanahan, Patino, Fleming hitting 90 innings each, 100 innings each. I mean, it, it would be kind of, that's kind of how they're doing the pitching side. I, I don't know if that's exactly what they're doing in the A's, but I know that Bassett, Lazardo, and Manaya have kind of been carrying the, the ace stable, right? For the, for the most part, yeah. I mean, Montas has been either hit or miss. Uh, he got hit really hard against the twins. Uh, if you 
worth paying. The uh, the big win that I think got them to ten wins in a row. If that no eleven. Uh, the the Wednesday game, the thirteen to twelve. He was the one that gave up uh, the the twelve part of that. So mm. um, <laughs> he he was the starting pitcher for the A's in that game. So he got hit around, but he was also really good in his previous start. He's very up and down, and basically for him, it's just consistency. If he can be you know, give you six innings, two to three runs. That's a really good pitcher for him, but he's yeah. going to give you either seven innings and zero runs or four innings and six. So it's just being consistent for him. And it stems from the spl- the splitter. And uh, we were just talking about innings limits and all that stuff. And we don't know where Mike fires is necessarily going to fit into the rotation. Right. And Cole Lurvin has been very consistent. Hasn't really had a bad outing yet. He got, He'll leave guys on and then the bullpen will come in and then allow those guys to score. So uh, it'll he'll go from like going five innings, giving up two to five and four. And mm. it looks a lot worse on the stat line, but right. it's not necessarily him giving those runs up. And if you get somebody else coming in behind him that can shut that down, all of a sudden he looks like a really good pitcher. And he went, uh, I think, six innings, gave up no runs against the Tigers. He had a nice start against the Orioles this weekend. So and also he came on the podcast. So I'm always impartial to Cole Irvin and I, he's a lefty, which y- you kind of want to keep in the rotation if you can. So there is how many lefties are, are, are the A stockpiling right now? It's amazing starting lefties right now. They're not wow. the Mariners, but I mean, they got three <laughs> yeah. right now. Uh, but so there is a case to be made for Frankie Montas, who would be the scheduled starter for Tuesday. Cause before uh, Sunday's game, Bob Melvin was like, We'll see how, you know, today goes and then we'll figure out starters for Tuesday's game, which right. means that Montas was kind of on the chopping block, maybe. Um, and he's the most innings he's ever pitched in a season is 96. So maybe they're mm. trying to take that into consideration a little bit and yeah. maybe move him to the bullpen. It's my assumption is either him or Cole Irvin is moving to the bullpen when Mike Fires comes up and either Diolas Guerra, who could not locate on Sunday, but has looked good otherwise. Or Ramin Goudouan, who has not had any good outings. One of those two guys will be, uh, you know, sent down to the minors. Or, you know, I think that they actually are both out of options. So it's basically, who are they going to DFA? So that is a much bigger question. And I know that Gareth struggled on Sunday, but I've liked other outings that he has had at the very least. So I think that I would keep him, even though Goudouan is a lefty. And there is no scenario that you see where the A's go a little bit moneyball or, or a little bit, you know, pioneering and say, you know what, we're, we're going to do uh, tandem starts, piggybacking guys off each other. Or, you know what, we're going to have a six man rotation to kind of slide uh, fires in there. Is that any type of possibility or you're, they're just going to go with five, a five man rotation no matter what? They are not going to do a six man rotation. That was Bob Melvin said that on Sunday, but that would be, that would make sense. You would think, uh, but maybe they got guys that just want to stay on turn or it, whatever, but I could see them potentially doing the piggyback thing. And, you know, you got fires. If he can give you five in his first start that I'll take that for Mike fires. Sure. Yeah. Give up three runs. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. It's going to be an interesting start against Michael Walker anyway. Um, <laughs> but Wednesday you got Cole Irvin, it would be his day to pitch. And if Frankie Montas has been moved to the bullpen, that'd be a nice little tandem. It'd be similar to what the Rays have done in the past with righty lefty. Uh, one of them's a little bit harder thrower, nice sinker action. Whereas Cole Irvin is a lefty with just, he, he locates. It's a yeah 
very different approaches. And I think that that would be a nice tandem situation. Uh, we'll see if that's the route that they go. Cause I think that whoever gets moved to the bullpen, assuming that they get moved to the bullpen would probably, they'd probably want to use them a little bit more often potentially, mm -hmm. as opposed to just being a tandem starter. Cause yeah. it's not like Frankie Montas is like a, a shutdown guy all the time, which would be why he's being moved to the bullpen. So uh, it'd be interesting. Um, I'd like to see it just to see how it goes, but I, I don't know that it's necessarily in the cards. Uh, okay. They might just use him for like two or three innings and be kind of like a long man. All right. We once again want to thank Jason Burke for joining us. That wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Remember to check out all of the Locked on Podcast Network's NFL draft coverage in partnership with Odyssey. All great, great content to check out from that standpoint. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow.